0: This is a Radhaswami prayer by Shiv Brat La, Found in his spiritual classic, a book called Light on Ananda Yoga O August Radhaswami, Lord of the soul Thou living self and living master Beneficent father and mother of all Be merciful, make us thine own And thus save us from the snares of time. Past are the golden age and others, Unknowing of the heavenly melody proper. Yet now art thou merciful in this dark, hard age, To chant in loud and lucid strains the sacred word, O Lord, having descended into this plain below, Helpest thou the living entities to span the worldly ocean across, to cast off the trinity and reach the fourth abode, whence the living name unfolds and the living mastership. Bathed in glory and effulgent light, thy servant tenders this solemn petition. Grant us even the regionless region, the chief abode, the sphere of bliss, the holy refuge at Thy feet, my Lord. My name is James Bean. Today on Spiritual Awakening Radio, Light on Ananda Yoga. The Yoga of Happiness. Shiv Brat Lal used the term Ananda Yoga as another way of describing Surat Shabd Yoga, or Inner Light and Sound Meditation, emphasizing the bliss and joy aspect of Surat Shabd Yoga practice. The book Light on Ananda Yoga was published in English in 1982 by Sant Bani Ashram as a kind of follow up to the publication of the Anurag Sagar, a very Gnostic book. Light on Ananda Yoga also has its Gnostic, otherworldly charm as well. And although it is prose, there is a poetic, ecstatic spirit behind these words. It's also a kind of Gnostic gospel of sorts describing the human condition and our means of returning back to the light once again. It's a kind of Gnostic gospel and poetic discourse on the liberation of the soul. Some background on Shiv Brat Law Shiv Lal Varman was also known as Deta Dayal, meaning merciful, and Maharishi, or great sage. He was born in the state of Uttar Pradesh in India during 1860. He was a postgraduate and famous writer. Shiv Lal became a disciple and initiate a Satsangi in the Swami tradition of Sant. He received initiation into Surat Shabd Yoga, also known as Inner Light and Sound Meditation, from his living master, who was Huzur Maharaj Rai Salagram Bahadur of Agra, a famous disciple of Swamiji Maharaj of Agra. Eventually, Lal became a spiritual successor of Hazur Maharaj Rai Salagram and founded a new satsang in Alabad in Uttar Pradesh. It is believed he wrote about 3,000 books on various social, historical, religious, and spiritual topics. Shiv brought Lal's most well-known book is Light on Ananda Yoga, The Yoga of Happiness. In 1912, Lal founded his Radhaswami Dham Ashram in Uttar Pradesh. His discourses attracted seekers of the Radhaswami movement from all over India and abroad. To spread the message of Radhaswami spirituality, Lal began a long journey from Lahore to Calcutta during August of 1911. He then left Calcutta for Rangoon by sea. He reached Penang in October and Hong Kong on November 22nd via Singapore and Java. After that, he traveled to Japan and later Shiv Lal even visited San Francisco in the US where he delivered two satsang talks. Shiv Lal passed on on February the 23rd 1939 at the age of 79. His holy samad or tomb is located at his ashram known as the Radhaswami Dham in Uttar Pradesh. Among those who continued his work, his spiritual mission were Huzura Ram Singh G. Raman, Tarachand Singh and Kanwar Singh of the Radhaswami Satsang Dinod lineage as well as Baba Fakirchand and his successors in the Radhaswami Satsang Hoshayarpur lineage. Lal's Radhaswami spiritual classic Light on Ananda Yoga, the Yoga of Happiness as I mentioned was eventually published in English in 1982 by the Sant Bonnie Ashram of Sanbornton, New Hampshire, founded by Kripal Singh in 1963. It was published with the enthusiasm, guidance and encouragement of a satsangi by the name of Steve Morrow. I was friends with the late Steve Morrow. Who once upon a time had an interesting experimental interfaith satsang that met in his home in texas he called it sant Mott fellowship he invited people who were initiates of different masters to come together for satsang spiritual readings fellowship and group meditation Eventually at Yahoo Groups, I founded in 1999 a Yahoo group called Sant Mat Fellowship, based on this very same concept of people of all faiths, all religions, coming together on the internet to learn about the path of the masters. But Steve Moore was doing that before the internet got invented. An Introduction to Light on Ananda Yoga by Shiv Brat Lal. Yoga, in a literal sense, means junction, combination, conflux, or meeting. It means to join. In its primary and secondary meaning, there is no difference at all. Harmony or concordance also is a sort of yoga or union. When religious meditation is aimed at, the mind is fixed in something abstract, with which it gets bound or tied up. This also, is yoga, or union." There, Shiv Bratlal is saying that the word yoga, although we think of it as referring to hatha yoga, or physical exercise kind of yoga, really means union, oneness, absorption with that which is being contemplated. And it can refer to different things on different levels. There is a kind of misunderstanding that people get with the word yoga any kind of miscommunication. When they hear the term surat-shabd-yoga, they imagine somebody doing physical exercise or hatha-type yoga. But actually, surat-shabd-yoga is yoga for the soul or spirit, the spirit entity. It also can be translated as inner light and sound meditation. In this book by Shiv Brat Lal, he uses the term light on ananda yoga or ananda yoga as another way of describing Surat-Shabda Yoga emphasizing the blissful nature, the joy and bliss of Surat-Shabda Yoga. Here he calls it Ananda Yoga in this book and describes at the beginning of this book how there are different kinds of yoga different kinds of absorption or oneness at various levels he says all these stages of yoga have been classified as under hatha yoga the union of an individual physicality with the universal physicality prana yoga the union of an individual breath with the universal breath mansik yoga the union of an individual mind with the universal mind vidyan yoga the union of the individual intellect with the universal intellect, and Anand Yoga, the union of individual bliss, or blissfulness, or happiness condition, with the universal blissful, or happy condition. These systems of yoga are based on the five sheaths, or coverings, or koshas, engulfing the spirit entity. Unquote. Here, Shiv Bratlal is describing the human condition as the following We, as our true identity, are our soul. We are spiritual beings. We are spirit entities wearing several coats or coverings or koshas or sheaths. In addition to wearing the physical body connected to Pindadesh, the physical, gross material plane. We are also wearing an astral body, a subtle body, that also covers the soul. There is an akashic or causal body that covers the soul, and there is the etheric body. We are spirit entities wearing several different bodies. And here he is, once again, I want to emphasize using the term Ananda Yoga as another way of describing Surat Yoga as a way to get in touch with that inner bliss of the soul, at the seat of the soul as part of the ascension process going within and exploring the Kingdom of the Heavens. Shiv Brat Lal In the Radhaswami system of yoga practice the devotee begins his practice from the center of happiness Anand May Kosha leaving the consideration of other centers, the union with which centers is not of very much importance as their practice is hazardous or risky. Here he is saying that the focus of ananda yoga, or in other words, surat shab yoga, inner light and sound meditation, is not on the lower chakras and these subtle bodies, and the realms that these subtle bodies are associated with, but rather the third eye center and the self, the soul, our true identity, that's the real focus. So we don't really care about the other kinds of yoga and uh, goings on in the lower centers and lower levels of creation. We're here to get in touch with our soul at the Ajna Chakra, the third eye center. Shiv Brat Lal. The practice of Ananda Yoga is easy, simple, practical, and can be performed by young and old men and women, adults and the young and all, not only without any risk to themselves, but also with superior advantages. Mentality, intellectuality, physicality, all get enhanced in the whole system, i.e. the composite human body being composed of these three bodies gets very beautifully toned up and sublimated and subtleized. It is also innocent and innocuous as it is practiced with happy mood of mind in the very center of happiness or anand Mekosha. The practice does not appear hard and is very easy. It very easily leads to spiritual upliftment or rather the elevation of the spirit in the regions beyond that of Anand Me Kosha, which is the borderland of the matter and the spirit regions. The process is explained at length in the body of this book. Every sort of accomplishment requires a particular kind of qualification, and the system of yoga too is not exempt from this principle. Those who have such inherent inclinations, inborn tendencies, and innate qualifications in them, they are only regarded as deserving for the training. In the technicality of the yoga school, such aspirants are called adhikaris. Properly speaking, only such qualified personalities are entitled to practice yoga, which is of various kinds, as in physical yoga, subtle yoga, etc. Some of them are very hard to attain, but the Ananda Yoga is an exception. And everyone that is willing to undergo the training can aspire to acquire its theoretical and practical knowledge through the grace of an adept preceptor. So here, Lal is saying if you have a master, a living master, they will train you and you can do this kind of yoga, spiritual yoga, inner light and sound meditation practice. It's not uh, ascetic, like some of these difficult yogic practices that some follow in India. Anyone can practice Surat Shabd Yoga, young, old. You know, it's not a matter of having ascetic physical strengths and capabilities that some are able to pull off, but others not. Surat so Yoga or this Yoga of Bliss or Anand Yoga is something that anyone can practice if they are ready to do so. Shiv Brat Lal, the competency of the pupil is a matter which should be determined by the Guru himself. He only knows how to stimulate the yogic impulses by the discipline required of the disciples. The aspirant, however, must be intelligent his other qualifications are the control of the senses, abstinence from injury to all beings, aka ahimsa, nonviolence in thought, word, and deed. You must be mindful of doing good to others, purity of mind, faith and refuge in the grace of the Supreme Father, Sat Parush which literally means in English the original supreme being ...who is the Lord of the soul. Shivrat Lal, he must avoid religious disputes... ...as every religious dispute is based on bigotry... ...which is the mark of a narrow mind. The attainment of the Ananda Yoga... ...undoubtedly leads to the blissful state of mind... ...for it is performed in the Anandme Kosha... ...or sheath of bliss... The practice begins at the Ajna Chakra, which is situated betwixt the two eyebrows, in the entrance to the subtle realm. Speaking of blissful state of mind, we have to say here that there are various sorts of pleasures, physical, mental, intellectual, and so on. Brutes have their happiness confined to the physical, the bodily, or the outward pleasures. A mental or intellectual person's happiness is different from that. He is of thinking mood, of the mind, and gets pleasure in thought, philosophy, ethics, etc. The Anand Yogi is different from these. His happiness is spiritual, the result of his concentration on the higher centers. The consciousness of this spiritual happiness leads him further and further into the higher spiritual regions... And in the end, he gets himself absorbed in the last stage, which is moksha, or liberation of the soul. Spiritual uplift, or spiritual elevation, begins from the Ajna Chakra, the third eye, center, the seat of the soul. A necessary and detailed account of which will be found in the body of this treatise. Unquote says Shiv Brat Lal. In other words, this information is contained in this book, Light on Ananda Yoga, the Yoga of Happiness. Shiv Brat Lal. The individual selves, or Jivas, are enclosed within and confined in the three regions, Par Brahmanand and Jivanand, i.e. the Pinda, or body. Likewise, The soul is encased within and confined in the three bodies, or coverings... ...causal, mental, and gross material. In a similar way, he finds himself bound with the fetters of the three... ...conditional states of consciousness, called the waking state, or wakefulness... ...the dream state, and the unconscious, or dreamless, state. As is the center, so is God or at least what is perceived as God in these lower realms. God is nothing but the binding principle in nature whom the people of the Radhaswami faith call Kal or Maha Kal, Great Kal. He is the, the supreme deity, he is the supreme deity of the religions of the world for the most part. Bound as he is, he binds all. The idea of bondage comes from him. He is the ruler of the universe, and as long as the individual self finds himself inhabiting his realm, he cannot dream of release from the fetters of the above conditions. It is his will that the individual selves should remain bound. Here, Shivrat Lal is describing a lesser god of nature of the lower realms of creation. A god called Kal what the Gnostics call the Demiurge, a kind of lesser god who is the architect that keeps the universe running, so to speak. And he needs souls to be here to keep this whole thing going. Souls power the universe, whether they know it or not. So if they all get enlightened and leave, then the universe sort of disappears in a puff of consciousness, if you will. So the job of the Kal Naringin is to keep souls attached, bound, bewitched here in the matrix of the lower realms of creation in any way he can. After the break, we'll continue exploring this book, Light on Ananda Yoga by Shiv Brat Lal and explore the path of ascension, the ascension of the soul to the kingdom of the true God, the kingdom of heaven, again. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. Stay tuned for more coming up. In his spiritual classic, Light on Ananda Yoga, Shiv Lal is describing the human condition as that of a spirit entity wearing several koshas or subtle bodies, coverings. The soul is wearing several coats. Each of these coats take the soul or distract the soul or give the soul access to these lower realms. The Akashic subtle body goes to the causal realm, the astral subtle body connects to the astral plane. And the physical body connects to the realm of Pindadesh, the gross material realm. These are all lower worlds in time and space, mind and matter, ruled by the lord of time, called. Call Naringian and also called by some the Demiurge which is a Greek term for ruler a kind of lesser god running the cosmos or these lower realms and he is saying that the answer is to transcend these realms of mind and matter and these coverings these subtle bodies lower chakra centers to focus at the third eye center reconnect with that inner bliss at the seat of the soul known as the third eye center and ascend above that there is another realm beyond these realms of time and space of mind and matter there is another state of consciousness beyond the waking state the dream state and the unconscious state there is another state of being and that's where we'll find the real God, the true God, or God beyond God, or God above God, or true God who is spirit and truth beyond time, space, mind, and matter. The name of the Supreme Being in the Radhaswami tradition is Radhaswami Dayal, the merciful, compassionate Lord of the soul. Shiv Brat Lal, beyond these, as in realms of time and space, the domain of Kal beyond these is the unconditional state of freedom. The Radhaswami faith lays much stress on the attainment of this unconditioned condition of which few of these bound or fettered ones have any glimpse or reflection of whatsoever. This is the real and the supreme ruler of this has been termed radhaswami Dayal, the compassionate, merciful Lord of the soul. It is why some devout souls pray in human language without really knowing the true purport of their prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, etc. The three conditional realms in nature are only reflectionary images of the real one. This kingdom is the kingdom of matter in its causal, subtle and gross material form. The real one is beyond these. It is properly speaking the spirit land where the spirit rules supreme. It is its undisputed kingdom bereft of trinity, duality and unity. For these are the various aspects of manifestation and matter. The praying devotee aspires with the inspired idea of bringing down that unconditioned condition, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, on this conditioned plane of existence, the mortal abode of the immortal souls. The devotee, all the while, repeats the formula of the unexplained and ambiguous though not wrong assertion of unity in trinity and trinity in unity without fixing or concentrating his attention on the real divinity within himself and without gaining entrance into the kingdom of God that lies within his own self." Unquote. So here Shivrat Lal is kind of c- critiquing the vain repetition or misuse or ritual use of this prayer saying people pray this prayer, you know, may the infinite eternal realm somehow be shoehorned into this finite realm of space-time on earth, you know, as it is in heaven, and there's no particular pathway to access the kingdom of heaven that is presented as an option or solution in order to experience this kingdom of heaven here and now. So people pray the prayer, it's kind of a ritual thing, and that's it. But meanwhile, there is a present tense kingdom of God that is available, that lies within our own self that we can access. You know, thy kingdom come is something we can experience here and now. He says, cause and effects have their origin in the causeless one. How this causeless one affects or tends to become the cause and effects is a universal riddle which is solved by the practice of the Anand Yoga, the union of bliss, or inner light and sound, meditation at the third eye center. At the very outset it should be noted that every universe in its various items is nothing but a reservoir or fountainhead of tiny drops that compose it. So the causal universe, we may, without any fear of contradiction, say is the source or spring of all the causes that are latent in it, but find scope in the stages that follow and thus become patent. In the same manner, the subtle universe contains all the items of subtleties that get manifested in their manifold and detailed forms down below. Likewise, the gross material universe is the source of numerous materialities underlying it that assume outward expressions in the course of evolutionary processes. The cause is the seed, as it were, and the devolution and the involution and the evolution are its various manifestations. It germinates, grows, overgrows, and fructifies. The cause lies hidden in its effects. So far, we think we have explained this point satisfactorily. And now for its details. The animate objects are possessed of three consciousnesses, wakefulness, dream, and absorption, or sound sleep. This absorption is cause. It is reversion to the original source. Everything has been swallowed up there as the seed swallows the tree, branches, flowers, fruits, leaves, etc. It is the sum and substance of all that had become apparent. The dream process is the subtle state of manifestation. It may be likened unto the states of germination, sprouting, budding, vegetation, growth, etc. inwardly, as the embodied one observes experiences and experiments in his introspection. When engrossed in with and in and with dreams, it is confined to the internal process of ingrowth, while wakefulness is the gradual progress externally wherein the cause gets dense and visible to the naked eye. The tiny drop as it passes in this way, from cause to gross, attains the three sorts of appearances inborn and inherent in it. He thus gets awakened, gets dreamy, and gets absorbed in himself, which states are linked with the trilateral reservoirs detailed above. It is here in this tiny entity that we find the principle of one in three and three in one. It is unity. It is Triplicity united into one. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio after the break. The spiritual practice, according to Shiv Brat Lal in his spiritual classic known as Light on Ananda Yoga. Stay tuned for more Spiritual Awakening Radio coming up. Light on Ananda Yoga, Shiv Brat Lal, uses the term Trinity in a most unusual way that most are not accustomed to. He speaks of a threefold consciousness situation of human beings experiencing the waking state of consciousness, the dream state, and the unconscious state. He speaks of the true identity of the soul being that of the spirit entity and he describes the human condition or the condition of the soul rather as being wrapped in various subtle bodies that cover over the true identity of the soul. These subtle bodies are associated with worlds of mind and matter, realms of time and space that obscure the truth of the real supreme being in the real realm. That is the desired kingdom of heaven, the true kingdom of God, which is elsewhere, beyond these worlds of waking state, dream state, unconscious state, beyond these realms of mind and matter, of time and space, Sheev brought Lal. One confined to the realm of Trinity does not rise to the pinnacle of truth of spirituality, The initiate is required to make ascent to the fourth heaven, where he will get a chance of enjoying the supreme union with the Heavenly Father. That is what has been hinted at in enigmatical and ambiguous terms in so many scriptures. In the Trinity there is no pure spirituality in the true sense, that is the realm of cause and effect, wherein spirituality is enveloped in the sheath of cause and effect. What a man sows, he reaps. The law of cause and effect has its authority in these regions. Whatever the preachings we may find here, they do not tend to be equality and much less result in unification. A man might be pious, might be ethical, might be virtuous according to the relative senses of the terms, but these lack spirituality. It is something different from them. They are only conventions and covenants, or necessary social laws that have their value existent in the social organization of human beings. They need not be decried. They are essential, according to the bylaws that govern the human economy. Here down below, from cause to effect, we are confronted with matter. Matter here is the supreme factor in its various forms and it has bound down the spiritual entity. Spirituality should be sought beyond this realm of matter. Its government, if it is a government at all, is in the heaven and not below. Very few comprehend these teachings, for they have been surrounded in mystery. Study yourself and find out how far this statement is correct. The solution of the riddle of the universes, if it is to be solved, finds its solution in the embodied spirit. He is one and he is three, he is three and he is one. He is the Holy Ghost or cause, he is the Father, subtle, he is God the Son in the material world. Is not this Kingdom of Trinity lying within his self? How ignorant! He is, and bent on repeating the aphorism, a formula of Trinity without knowing its purpose. Will it do him any good? For as yet, he is beyond the realm of reality, of which, probably speaking, he has acquired no glimpse at all. Seek the kingdom of this God within yourself as much as you can, but this fact is distant, and not in one's easy intellectual grasp. Grope in the dark as much as you can, unless you are guided by an adept master. Through the process of yoga training, otherwise light will not burst forth in you, and we are afraid you will not be able to get the clear vision of the light that shines above in its full and glorious splendor somewhere near you, within you, and beyond you. No amount of theology or theosophy will be of any avail This is the message of the masters, for which the aspiring souls that thirst after truth and anything falling short of this would not satisfy them. Chief brought Law In this paragraph, I just, uh, you know, am reminded of the Gospel of Thomas. I am reminded of the Corpus Hermeticum. I am reminded of the Gnostic Gospels you know, encouraging souls to find a living guide to find a port of safety dock there, find the teacher find the guide that will lead them to the light that is beyond realms of mind and matter seek out that reality see that light within explore that kingdom of the heaven that lies within and make that personal journey not just mouth prayers about the kingdom of heaven in the sky it's a very powerful message it is the gospel according to Saint-Mont is the gospel of a higher realm a message from above to souls trapped in worlds of mind and matter of space and time that might possibly have ears to hear a flicker of intuition uh, a glimmer of of light, a spark that gets inflamed for some reason and seeks to rise up, to go higher, to go beyond the world of the seen, to discover the realm of the unseen, to find that other state of consciousness beyond these three the waking state, the dream state, and the unconscious, beyond the world of the seen, another kingdom, an unseen realm beyond. My name is James Bean, you're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio, today exploring the teachings of Shiv Brat Lal, a Radhaswami master, who authored many books, his most famous one, and the only one to my knowledge that has ever been translated into the English language, Light on Ananda Yoga, the Yoga of Happiness. Shiv Brat Lal, in this book, uses the term ananda yoga as an equivalent to surat shabd yoga which means inner light and sound meditation. One sits with eyes closed focused at the third eye center also known as the ajna chakra also called the seat of the soul and when one rises up successfully in meditation there is bliss there is ananda and this is the beginning of the journey back home again to the kingdom of heaven this is the true worship for those who worship in spirit and in truth stay tuned for more spiritual awakening radio the best is yet to come from light on ananda yoga stay tuned Light on Ananda Yoga, Shiv Brat Lal writes, One desirous of spiritual uplift needs to be bathed in the celestial fire that burns within his self. For the path to heaven lies through himself and his or herself, and it is the internal fire or light within that by and by leads to the furnace of effulgent illumination. It is the sign of the fourth heaven inside. The initiated one feels it, perceives it, and is affected by it. The fire within, i.e. the flickering spark lying dormant, when ignited by initiation, gets inflamed and leads the light seeker to the realms beyond, beyond, and beyond. It has been said, Shabad Nish Tam Jagat i.e. the world sprang out of and exists by sound or word. In the beginning there was nothing but sound. Unmanifested it was. From thence rose its manifestation. The force was somewhere polarized and from it proceeded gradually vibrations after vibrations of sound and innumerable whirls rushed forth into life and shape as sparks from the fire or bubbles from the spring in globular forms. For motion is always in the form of a curve and of this curvilinear motion of vibrations were created spheres after spheres, including the three dimensions of which we have already described in previous notes. They have been located below the fourth dimension which is static, which is the Holy of Holies and the Sanctum Sanctorium. Thus is rooted and grounded in sound, he, she, it, I, thou. Sound is here, there, and elsewhere, rightward and leftward, scattered around, in the east, west, south and north, above and below, everywhere. All personalities and impersonalities have their existence in sound sound is the symbol of ecstatic bliss sound is the spirit of the spirit sound is the light of the lights the theories and practices what are they but sound creator creation and creatures are nothing but sound some scriptures describe the sound as word the principle permeating the universe it is even so and it is something else as well all that will be All that is, and that was, is nothing but sound. All find expression in sound in word, all manifested by sound. What is God but sound personated? What are you, he, she, it, or I, but sound personified? O heavenly music, blessed are they that are in tune with thee, the guiding angel of the pilgrimage to the Holy of Holies. THE TRUE PRECEPTOR WITHIN EVERY SOUL. Oh WHAT SELF-EFFULGENT CONSCIOUSNESS YOU ARE, ROAMING IN THE PLEASURE GARDEN OF THE SENSES, RAMBLING IN THE SENSORY AND MOTOR ORGANS OF THE BODY, AND FILLING IN, IN THE INTERNAL APERTURES OF ALL THE DISCRIMINATING FACULTIES, BLESSED ARE THEY THAT ARE IN TUNE WITH THEE. Oh HOW FASCINATING, FROM BELOW TO UP ABOVE, NOTHING BUT SOUND AND SOUND, You are earth, you are earthly and heavenly and something beyond the earth and the heaven. Blessed are they that are in tune with thee. Sound is the third method resorted to by the devotees. This is the simplest and the easiest process of controlling the wayward and restive mind. The wayward and restive mind. This is why so much importance has been attached to it how these methods are taught is a matter of initiation, and it needs no description here. The aspiring candidate is required to undergo the baptism through sparks of fire and sparkling rays of sun and moon. The reference here to the third practice, the first practice of Surat Shab Yoga meditation is Simran, the repetition of a sacred name or names of God. The second practice is contemplating the inner light, which has been referred to here in some detail, and then meditating upon and becoming yoked to the inner sound, or in other words, practicing the yoga of sound, transcendental hearing. Shiv Lal says, the devotee in his spiritual journey upwards hears sweet melodies which attract him, The melodies are so powerful, are a magnetic, powerful force which draws the attention inwards and makes it fully attuned to proceed up and further up. Various sorts of sound currents reverberate in the human system from which the initiate has to pick up the right one and listen to it, otherwise he will go astray and lose his equipoise. The practical master, forewarns his disciple and directs which sound to listen to and which one to discard. Says Shiv Brat Lal. Kind of waxing Gnostic or poetic in the final paragraphs shared on today's edition of Spiritual Awakening. Light on Ananda Yoga turns into a kind of Gnostic gospel about the inner sound that all can hear if they truly listen. If you'd like to receive links to three different translations of Light on Ananda Yoga, which are available online for free, I'll be happy to send these links to you if you want to read the entire book, Light on Ananda Yoga, by Shivrat Lal. To request that, my email address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com James at SpiritualAwakeningRadio.com Or if you'd rather text me, the text message number is 508-603-9381. Visit my website, SpiritualAwakeningRadio.com where you'll find a donate button, a library tab, which soon will become transformed. I'm working on my library and we'll be updating my website very soon and adding lots of new books. I'm greatly expanding the Santmat Radhaswamy library of books online. So be sure to visit my website, spiritualawakeningradio.com and keep a watchful eye on the library tab you'll find there. Tune in again next week at the same time for another edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio.